welcome back to another episode of Full Court Press, brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. And we got a very special episode in store for you guys. We're going to be breaking down a few news topics, um, but then we're going to jump into our second quarter awards for the season. My favorite shows, because we get to all discuss um, who we got winning MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, etc., um, and, and kind of uh, break down why we think our candidates are the most deserving. Uh, I love doing these these shows. Um, but anyway, uh, before we get started, I'm going to kick it around to our panel. Uh, we are joined by Joel Jimenez. What up, Joel? Hello, Nick. How are you? I am very good, sir. <laughs> How about you? I'm all right. I'm not bad. Let's do this. Where, brother? Uh, and then we are also joined by Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? Hello, Nick and Joel. So rude, Joel didn't even say hello to me. But hello, both of you. Oh, <laughs> yeah, too. yeah. Do y'all got like some kind of tip going on or something? Is there something I'm not aware of? <laughs> every, always, every day, always, every day, <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah, at least once a day, right? <laughs> like, at least. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's jump into it. We got a few topics to uh, break down before we get into our second quarter award, so let's jump right in. Jimmy Butler is uh, stirring up some shit again, if you will. Uh, according to reports, he got into a heated discussion with Sixers coach Brett Brown about his offensive role on the team. Uh, this was in not ju- this wasn't like a private conversation. This was in front of like the whole fucking team. Um, and so like, normally I would want to say like, take something like this with a grain of salt, but I mean, if it was in front of the whole team, you know, like some people on that team are like, yo, Jimmy Butler's kind of got, got a little mm-hmm. into him. Um, knowing Jimmy Butler's past, Joel, like, what do you, do, do you think this is like a, a really troublesome for the Sixers? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this just comes with the territory of Jimmy Butler? Like, what are your thoughts on this? It does. I think uh, what you just said, uh, he does. It, 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 it comes with the territory when you pick up Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. And I think they knew that going in. Um, yeah. But, again, like I just said, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm shocked. There's an issue. Uh, he's doing <laughs> <laughs> It seems to be the, the growing trend with Jimmy Butler. He demands a lot. Uh, and probably thinks more of himself than most people uh, think of him. And um, he's good, man. I have no doubt that um, he could still – I mean, it's not that he's not he's, – he's helping the team. The team is doing okay. Um, they have their moments where they kind of look off, but they're, they're, still, they're still a team that's, that's missing a piece or two. They have a, I think they have a solid – They're lacking depth. Now. Right, yeah. they do lack depth, especially veteran depth. A lot of young guys on that bench. Right. Uh, and then it's mm-hmm. very much uh, they've also just got together, so they might take a little longer. And right. I know some people are, you know, argue that you know with Jimmy Butler, do you really have that much time? He's just it's just going to fester and get worse. And will he even stay? And that's a good point. Like, will he stay? Because he's going to be a free agent. Will he stay? Uh, I think he will. I, at the end of the day, I think so too. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where they. You got to either. I mean, you got to figure it out. I mean, you put you invest you, when you made the trade. You all in. You're not. A, you went from right. progress to all right. We're in it to win it type bullshit. So now's right. your time. 
to, you know, trade deadline's coming up. So you have to go make, go out there, make some moves like you did last year, solidify right. your team and go right, you know. That means, Jimmy's going to be Jimmy. You want a Jimmy, you got to deal with it. I, mean, I think it's too soon right. to just give up on Jimmy. And, and I know a lot of people will, but in my opinion, just like when Bo- the New Orleans went out there and got Boogie, I mean, you can't just give him away. You just got him. It just makes no sense. Like, why would right. you even trade him? It made no sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, and the, and again, like the thing is, like if he had not gotten hurt, they would have re-signed him. He probably would have ended up staying. Obviously, that true. threw that's like his, his injury threw like a whole wrench in the system. Um, that's true. But yeah, like I, 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 like obviously, you were going to get when you when you trade for a guy like Jimmy Butler, you know you're going to get a fiery personality. Um, Mm-hmm. And and honestly, like Brett Brown's comments on the discussion, like I think was probably the best thing that anyone could have said, because essentially what Brett Brown said was, I encourage my players to talk to me, and it it's fine. Like I don't, I'm not upset. Like no one's upset here. Um, and you know, like if Jimmy Butler's got something on his mind. Like, by all means, I want him to tell me what's on his mind. And that's a good approach to have to it, you know? Like, um, like the last thing you want is Jimmy Butler sitting there feeling like a certain way and, and for whatever reason feeling like, you know, he doesn't have a platform in which he can really, you know, speak his mind. Like, that would be the worst-case scenario if you traded for Jimmy Butler, like expecting that. So mm-hmm. the fact that they're allowing him – to um, basically be able to, to say what's on his mind and talk about his role on this team and not, like, freak out about it, at least seemingly from the outside looking in, to me that's almost promising. Um, now, I've said going in, I didn't necessarily think this was the smartest trade, mainly because they, they lost Covington. And I, you know, from the get-go said, I think giving up Fultz and even, it, it, like, that Miami pick, I would have even given up that much to keep Covington just because, like, Covington defensively, he's a better, like, defensive player than Jimmy Butler because he's got that length. Um, He's two inches taller than Jimmy Butler, if not three. He's got a much bigger wingspan. Like, there's a reason why um, uh, Minnesota's defense got progressively better once he got on that team. But, um, you know, like, I – still feel like it, it was a it, it made it, it does make sense making the move because when you really break it down what you're giving up is not that drastic I don't think Jimmy Butler's going to walk I think they're going to pay him it, it, it'll be fine um, but yeah they, they do need to figure out his offensive role um, case in point in that uh, that Celtics game on Christmas Day I, like I was literally screaming at the television, like when in the fourth quarter when they were all tied up, and Ben Simmons brought the ball down and was just like dribbling out the clock and like deciding what he was gonna do, and and like Jimmy Butler's just standing there and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like why isn't Jimmy like running around, like running off a screen and getting the ball and like just like or or just ISO, just ISO Jimmy. Like if you're closing out a game. And you want a player who's going to ISO on the perimeter. That's got to be Jimmy Butler. That's why you traded for him. Um, so I don't necessarily think he is um, outside the lines as far as 
questioning his his role on this team and saying, "Look, we need to figure this shit out, man. Like, uh, I, y- y'all traded for me, like, and you're basically like kind of like in 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 large stretches of the game using me like I'm Andre Robertson. Like, I, I, I'm a really good offensive player. I can fucking get buckets, dude. Like, let's let's." I know it's a give and take, but come on, let's let's uh, let's give me a little, um, and 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 figure out what we need to do, otherwise to make everybody else happy too. Um, so I mean, I, I don't really blame him. I I guess my biggest concern again, like you said, Joel, is just their depth. Um, they need to make a deal. Um, they can't just rely on buyouts. They need to make a trade. Um, they have a slew of second rounders. There's plenty of um, like cheap guys out there who would probably be on the market. Rodney Hood obviously comes to mind. Um, uh, Kelly Oubre, uh, obviously the Suns, like, you know, ended up taking him in that trade, but, you know, they, they have so many wing players, they don't necessarily need Kelly Oubre, and they may not want to pay him this offseason. So, like, if you can get him for a quality second rounder, or maybe two quality second rounders, like, that's something to consider. Um but uh, but yeah, they need to they need to make some kind of um, additions. If you think about it, the crazy thing about this team right now is they only have 14 people on their roster, um, and three of those guys are not playing. Markel Fultz is not playing. Um, uh, Zaire Smith is not playing, and Justin Patton is not playing. So you essentially have an 11 man roster right now, um, which mm-hmm. is you know fine. Like it, it, you know, it's not the end of the world. You you can work with that, but I mean, ideally, you you would want to have at least twelve hurt. or thirteen guys. Um, what's that, Joel? I said, don't don't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and that is another thing. Like, um, so you know, when they have like these little uh, either injuries or rest games or whatever, like they're even thinner. Um, so yeah, I mean, they really need to get some depth. Uh, they they probably need to move Patton and some picks for one of those aforementioned players uh, that I brought up, and and hopefully get somebody on the buyout market. But yeah, that, I mean I I feel like that's the biggest thing to kind of solve a lot of these problems. But obviously, like Brett Brown has to um, incorporate Jimmy uh, into this offense, uh, you know, to for him to you know essentially uh, balance out those other two guys to at best serve his skills without deterring from his other guys. And that's a work in progress. That's not an easy thing to do. Um, especially when you've got a guy like Ben Simmons who like operates best with the ball in his hand. And when he's off ball, he doesn't give you a whole lot. So, um, you know, that's difficult. So the rotations and everything, um, it's a work in progress. So the, you know, it's, it's, it's going to take some time. Um, but Juwan, what were your thoughts on, um, Butler apparently uh, having a heated discussion with Brett Brown over his offensive role. Does he have? Uh, is is he under? How long is he under contract for? Or is is he a free agent next year? Free agent next year. Yeah, if I were him, I would definitely um, try my best to stop letting news like this get out. Um, mainly because it's one of those things where it's like. He has a few, like maybe a handful of like old, old, old coaches that are like top that can just sit you down. Let's talk. Let's figure this out. And then that's it. Like LaMarcus Aldridge was very vocal about him being unhappy. 
sat down with Pop, haven't heard a thing since. Um, right. So a lot of these, a lot of these young to middle-aged coaches aren't really going to go for it. I mean, honestly, it's one of those things where it's like if he was under contract, I would say a team is stuck the same way uh, the Steelers are stuck with Antonio Brown. Like it's not easy to move someone with that large of a contract plus uh, right. a potential distraction in a mm-hmm. locker room. Um, but since he's a free agent, some because we say this every day in the NBA. Um, there's a sucker, there's, there's always a sucker. And I'm not saying anyone who takes Jimmy Butler would be a sucker. I'm just saying whatever is going through his head, that was his issue in um, Minnesota. It's now his issue. Because I thought the issue he had in Minnesota was, I'm playing with two kids who could be superstars but decide to play like they're base warm. So then he comes to a team with a guy who's hungry like Embiid and a guy in Ben Simmons who – I don't find it uh, circumstantial that Ben Simmons is now shooting jump shots now that Jimmy Butler has been there. Um, But you have two Mm -hmm. guys who obviously seem hungry to win. So it's like, all right, so now your issue is you're not getting it enough. I thought you were just asking for help over in Minnesota. So what I'm trying to say is if you continue to get these reports of you kind of being somewhat of a headache, um, the attention then goes away from, you know, oh, it, it was the teams before, and then it becomes, it's it's you. Like, you're the player. Right. Um, and, you know, it, it doesn't vote well also because Jimmy Butler, it's not like he's 26. I'm not saying he's 34, right. but, you know, he's not super young either. So now you're asking the team to not only buy in with you fully uh, with, with a huge contract, but to also potentially put up with you might decide you're unhappy. Now what? Like, now what do I do? Because now I'm not going to be able to mention- move you. Not to mention injury issues throughout his career. And, right. You know. Right. So, I mean, to, to me, my thing is with, with Jimmy Butler, you're on a team that is obviously hungry. Those kids want to play. Again, Ben Simmons is now shooting jump shots. Obviously not all the time, but he's doing it a lot more than he was before. Um, Very true. And so it's, so it's one of those things where it's like you should be happy now. You're, you're a cog in the wheel in the sense of you're a three-headed monster now. Uh, you're second mm-hmm. in the East, so it's not like this team is struggling for the playoffs. If you're not getting enough touches, get over it. You wanted to win. This goes with winning. Um, yeah, go play forget. some fucking defense. Yeah, go play defense. Like do some. I mean, defense is the quickest way to get offense. So it's like do something else than Jimmy Butler. You're, you're not a one. You're not Carmelo. So it's not like if you can't shoot, you don't know what to do. Just play defense. Sure. Do something else. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like he really has to get over it. I see what you're saying about them going after uh, another piece. Uh, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. I was wrong. They're not second in the East or third. I apologize. Um, uh, third or is, fourth. Uh, is Toronto. Yeah, second is Toronto. Number one is Milwaukee. I just looked at the standings like 10 oh, minutes gotcha. ago. Oh, they passed the Pacers? Um, oh. Yeah, they passed yeah. the Pacers. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to correct that. I apologize. But, yes, to, to, to wrap up, um, if, if I'm Jimmy Butler, I'm saying less playing harder, getting my contract, um, and trying to help the 76ers if that's where he decides to stay, bring a championship to Philly. Outside of that, I'm not worrying about touches, and I'm not complaining because I'm finally in a spot where the team wants to win, the team is in a position to win, and I don't have to worry about my two young stars playing as if they're bench warmers. So he just has to really stop complaining. Yeah, I would – if I was Jimmy Butler, I would – try to like look at Paul George and and say like look at the way Paul George had to 
ingratiate himself into that lineup last season and look at what Paul George is doing this season. Um, and, and like, just understand that it takes time. Like it, it, it takes time and, you know, and and honestly, I don't really, again, I don't have a problem with Jimmy um, questioning uh, his role in the offense. Again, like I don't have a problem with that. Um, I don't have a problem with him challenging these guys. I think he should challenge these guys. Um, I think these guys have the mental, um, you know, wherewithal to to take his his challenges. Um, but I I do think it, it has to come from a measured approach. He can't be um, he he can't do it to the point where it's you know just something he has to get off his chest. You know it's got to be. I'm going to challenge these guys because I think that if I challenge them, they're going to do better. And if you're coming from it, from that approach, fine, like, great. Like, um, challenge them, get them to play better, get them to like play more as a team, like unite them. But if you're, if you're doing it from the point of like frustration, that's what scares me. Um, and you never know what you're getting from Jimmy. So, um, but we'll see, we'll see how it all plays out. Um, I'm, I'm, Obviously, uh, rooting for them and, uh, and and hope that they can uh, tie it all together. Uh, but let's move on uh, of Jimmy. Uh, his former team uh, just fired his former coach. Uh, Tom Thibodeau is out. And uh, both um, as head coach and president of basketball operations, uh, Ryan Sanders, son of uh, – excuse me, Saunders, uh, son of Flip Saunders, will be the team's interim coach. Fred Hoiberg is reportedly on the short list of candidates to replace this <laughs> as either head coach or GM. Joel, you hear all this. What are your thoughts? You can't make the shit up, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. Like, look, we all saw the writing on the wall. I mean, yeah, I think the Ted, funny part yeah. was yeah, for Tibbs, this is very much. Uh, uh, it's just funny that they, they got fired like right after blowing out the Lakers. It's one of those things where they actually played well against uh, LeBronless Lakers, and uh, he got fired. You know, it is what it is. Uh, they weren't doing well to begin with, even though they have been playing better. Uh, and they're actually not that. They're getting closer to 500, and they're um, they're they may contend for an eighth seed if they keep it up. But who knows with that team? And now that we don't really know who who's taking over the coaching reins for good and it's they're in flux. So there's gonna they're a team in flux now and it's just gonna it's gonna be a matter of time and, and it's just it sucks for them as an organization, but now they can kinda soft reboot because they're gonna more than likely keep Cat and, and Wiggins, at least for the foreseeable future. They have a great story in Derek Rose who's had a rebound year and then you have uh they've got two good guys back in that Jimmy Butler trade regardless, you know, good rotational players. Um and as long as Jeff Teague is healthy, you know, he's a good point guard. <laughs> um, so Minnesota he's right. has this, this – he's not bad. When he's healthy, he's not bad. And um, the, my problem with them is just – look, I mean, my problem is gone. Like, I think the biggest problem was that, that him and the coach and them weren't, you know, meshing the way they should have. And so no. Tibbs, he had to go. It just wasn't working. He had an antiquated uh, style of coaching. It both his old school way wise, of doing things. Right. But you like know? in like the, the the sort of old school way of like 
being a hothead, I don't think was his downfall. I think ultimately it was an old school way of scheming, like like wanting Pat to play in the post so much more mm-hmm. than he played on the perimeter. Like when you got a guy right. in, in Carl Anthony Towns who can shoot forty plus percent from three, you need to be able right. to like utilize that. Um, and then like when you got a guy like Andrew Wiggins, like who's just uber talented that you should be getting more out of and your like go-to plays for him are these ISO perimeter plays where he's shooting mid-range jumpers that you shouldn't you shouldn't be comfortable with that like you should you've seen it long enough to be like all right let's figure something else out and he never did no you're right they absolutely you're absolutely right and he didn't and I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like Tibbs as a coach, and he look, he won't be without a job for long. Even if it's as an assistant coach somewhere, he'll be working somewhere. Um, and the whole thing <laughs> about Fred Hoiberg, uh, that would be fucking hysterical if they if they if they actually go that that route and sign Fred Hoiberg. It would be the it'd be the most hysterical signing in a long time. But I've also heard if it wasn't for a coach, he might even be considered for. Uh, I think was it president or GM or whatever, and GM that'd yeah. be just as funny. Yeah, and it's just it's it's just it's that's just funny. It's just hysterical. Uh, that'd be pretty cool. Now Jimmy's not there, so you don't gotta worry about Jimmy. Uh, but maybe Fred Hoiberg is kind of what they need. Uh, weirdly enough, for Minnesota and those guys, those right. personalities, he yeah. might be a good fit in Minnesota. <laughs> so I don't want I don't want to shit on it. I just think it'd be funny. Okay, well, here's the thing. Like, Hoiberg, put his personality aside, because a lot of people have said, including Jimmy Butler, um, mm. that he's too nice. Like, mm-hmm. his players walk all over him. I, I heard something earlier this year that literally Anthony Blakeney, like, cussed him out in a practice. Like, wow. Yeah. Cool. Like, you. It's one of those moments. Right, <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> like, the, like to me, that's when I would have been like, exact. I would have said exactly that. I would have been like, who the fuck are you to talk to me that way? Like, I'm a head coach of one of 30 teams in the NBA. You're a fucking G leaguer who's lucky enough to be on this <laughs> fucking squad. Like, right. you know. So, like, if you're letting a player like that like cuss you out, yeah, you probably um, don't have control of your team. So, like, that would scare me. Um, like just with that in mind, but as far as his scheme, as far as what Fred Hoiberg always wanted to do, never really got the opportunity to do in Chicago. I think it would work. Like, I think as far as like a run and gun scheme with, um, cat operating more on the perimeter, more passing, um, less ISO ball, um, like, I actually think offensively that team would be better served under um, a, a system that Hoiberg was running. I, it, the, the personality <laughs> thing is what, yeah, and the personality thing is what worries me. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. if that would work. Um, and, you know, I don't know if that would work on any NBA team. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess it works on a college level because, you know, he's kind of proven himself on a college level. Um, yeah. if I'm Hoiberg, I would like, if I, if I got to choose between the UCLA job and the Minnesota Timberwolves job, I'd probably take the UCLA job, like go back to college, 
build a reputation there. It's not even like you're taking over like a shit program. Like UCLA is one of the 10 best programs in the country. Um, right. You're going to get paid. Like you're not going to get paid as much as you get paid as an NBA head coach, but you're still going to get paid. And you probably have a little better job security, um, a little less pressure, uh, especially after UCLA has been faring the past like couple seasons. Um, basically since like they, um, since Alonzo Ball and that whole um, class left, they've not been good. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that would probably be where my head is at if I was Bird, but I don't know. We'll see how that plays out. But, um, uh, Jawan, what are your thoughts on uh, Tibbs being out and, um, you know, Hoiberg being a potential replacement for him? Uh, the Hoiberg situation, I don't really have much to add to that, but I will say with the, the chip situation, <clears throat> albeit, you know, I felt as though, like, he did have to go. Uh, I think one of the biggest things that I had an issue with Tibbs is still though Tibbs is more catered to veterans and young guys don't really like the way he, uh, he approaches to, um, to coaching. I mean, that's what it seems like. Because uh, I haven't really heard a veteran that said anything really um, bad about the way that he coaches. Um, yeah, the only know, the only thing that yeah. I can recall is a reporter asking Jimmy Butler about playing so many minutes, and Butler saying essentially like, "Yeah, we got fourteen other guys on this roster. This shit has to stop." Um, but that was amidst <laughs> Jimmy Butler wanting to get traded. So like, true. you know, uh, like, and, and, and honestly, like he finally got traded like three days later. So, um, so like maybe that was, that was the straw that broke the camel's back for, for Tibbs. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. that's the only, like, that's really the only thing that I can think of as far as like complaints from veterans. Right. I mean, you usually just don't get those. You hear a lot of the complaints more so from the younger guys that are kind of like, Hey man, I'm, 21 and you're, you're kind of minutes. running me into the yeah or, or you know the idea of him kind of running those guys like a lot like it's like hey man like morning 24 well and that's like the thing with play. the younger guys yeah but like with the bench guys and the younger guys because those are the guys that you hear would speak out like gorgeous james being like dude i'm not getting any minutes and you know <laughs> to which i say gorgie you're making 16 million dollars a year you shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. But like a guy like yeah, like a guy like Ty, but a guy like Tyus Jones who's just disappeared this year, um, and actually like looked at times better than Jeff Teague last year. Like if I'm Tyus Jones and I'm going into my like contract year, coming out of my rookie season, like coming off my rookie contract, like yeah, like I'm like dude, I ain't getting any minutes. I ain't even being able to showcase. Like the fact that I'm a better defensive player than both Jeff Teague and Derrick Rose combined, um, and like I'm not like I'm not you're you're not making me any money this off season. Like that would be frustrating to me. Yes, um, you know, like I said, although I, I did, you know, I do agree that it was time just for him to go. Just it wasn't working out on any level. Um, I will say it's kind of hard to build a winning culture when your two best players are very lazy. Um, I, I, I used to watch Carl Anthony Towns, and I used to just be like, this guy just doesn't really seem like he wants it. And Wiggins is one of those guys that's just like, nah, I'm getting paid, man. I don't really care that much. That, 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 that's, that's how I, I see Wiggins. 
every time I see Wiggins gives little to no effort uh, on a night-to-night basis. Not even, like, here and there. It's, like, he, a night-to-night basis. He just usually yeah, doesn't really show I mean, that much he effort. Played, he played really well against the Lakers the other night. But overall, like, and, and, and I said this to both of y'all recently, he's, like, the biggest waste of talent, of raw talent in the NBA. Like, that guy could be a, a, a superstar, much less an all-star. Um, and it, it is. You're right. It's like he just doesn't care. Like, I mean, that's all yeah. you can, like, really surmise from it because he's got all the intangibles. And, like, that was one of the things, like, Jimmy Butler said. Like, you're talking about raw talent. Like, like fucking Andrew Wiggins got way more raw talent than I got. Um, but he doesn't do anything with it. <laughs> like, and it's, right. thank God, I can only imagine for someone like Jimmy Butler, like that had to be just a hellish season. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say I think Kat uh, in the off season should spend time with Kevin Garnett. Uh, just kind and of has. his brain, gaining knowledge. I, well, whatever he has done with Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett needs to be calling him after every game like, did you not pay attention to to, to what I told you in any offseason? Like, well, to be fair to Cat, to be fair to Cat, Cat's playing better this season. He's, it, I I think the thing with Cat, he just doesn't have that lateral like quickness, and he's never going to like, um, but like still tries like and me, like Nick, he didn't he didn't at the tail end of last year, and he didn't at the very beginning of this year. You could tell there was something wrong. But as soon as that Jimmy Butler trade happened, he, like, started playing. Like, he started playing. Wiggins is the one who just stayed pat, like, <laughs> you know. To me, I to me, I never judge Cat uh, off of his, off of his, you know, lack of defense or, or struggles with defense. You guys know I'll, I'll usually never really call a guy out for that because Carmelo Anthony was one of my favorite players right. ever. So it's like I get the idea of, but that's my point. Carmelo would dominate offensively, that it would make it somewhat tolerable that he played absolutely right. Well, and, I just and, need to and again, dominate the game more. Right. And, again, I think, too, that is just, like, that's coaching. Like, Cat is – Cat should be shooting, like, seven or eight threes a game. Like, he shoots 40% from three. He should be shooting seven or eight threes a game. He should be um, getting – it, like way more touches. Like, um, for instance, I, I heard a stat the other day. Out of all of the players on their respective teams who um, uh, are the leaders on their team as far as um, player usage rating, um, he's 24th on in the league as far as like the number one player on a team. Um, he should be way higher than that, like way higher than that. Um, there, like there's just – he's bar, bar none, by far the best player on his team offensively, especially now that you don't have Jamie Butler. You should be at least middle of the pack as far as his overall usage offensively, um, and they're not, and that is a problem. Like, um, So, again, I think that may be coaching – I really, honestly, I really hope Ryan Saunders comes in and does a great job and is given the head coaching job because that would have not only like sentimental um, like value, um, you know, for 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 Flip Saunders and 
um, you know, everything that he, he meant for that team. Um, but also, like, I'm, I'm really hoping that he uh, is able to kind of tap into um, how to use Carl Anthony Towns on offense because, it's, to me, it's not that hard. Like, let like get the guy seven to eight threes a game. Like, get the guy in the post when he's got, like, when, when, when you know, his, the matchups uh, warrant it. Um, and then other than that, like, maybe run some pick and rolls, um, you know, because, like, Pat, it was perfect for pick and pop. Pick and roll, pick and pop, whatever. He's got, a, like, a great touch. Um, and that's something that, like, Tibbs never did. Like, never did it. And, like, I, I don't know. I, I, I get where you're coming from, um, more so in Wiggins than Cat, but I think a lot of Cat's woes um, have to do with coaching and a failure by Tom Thibodeau to ever really utilize Carl Anthony Towns' skills um, in the best way possible, um, especially after Butler left. Like, if he started really running that offense through Cat after Butler left, like, fully committed to it, um, he might have saved himself from being fired. Um, but I, I honestly, I think when it comes to Tibbs, he never trusted Cat. And maybe it's from, you know, from what you've seen from Cat, Jawan, like he didn't feel like the the intensity was there or whatever. Um, he, he, you know, far more trusted putting the ball in Derrick Rose's hands and letting Derrick Rose do Derrick Rose stuff. Um, and that hasn't been ineffective this year. So you can't fault him for that. Um, but I don't know. I I think there there's a lot of ways that um, cat could be better utilized that that Tibbs just never quite got, um, never quite implemented. Um, but anyway, um, before we move on, uh, anything you want to add, Joel or one? Uh, <clears throat> I just wanted to add. Yeah, I think Wiggins should spend time in the offseason if winning is is really what he wants and not just a paycheck. Just spend time with Kobe, man. Just go spend as much time as you possibly can with Kobe. Pick his brain. Uh, get your post game up because uh, he could do he could do some work down there with that shimmy uh, that shimmy shot that Kobe used to do. Um, yeah. He could definitely take that uh, you know and use that as an advantage uh, and just kind of get get that drive. Get that. I'm not gonna say Mamba mentality because that's something you can't teach. That's something you're born with. Um, right. But just kind of get that intensity. Like you saw Kobe's just one tweet uh, motivated Giannis to play like he's playing right now. Um, so it's just yeah. like getting getting someone behind you who's kind of like, dude, I watch it and I'm like, why can't you be the next Kobe? Obviously we know he's, he's not going to be Kobe, but just that intensity of approaching the game like that, he just doesn't have it. And it's sad because it's like he could be really good, um, but he just wasted. So. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, I, I, I don't know if Kobe's the guy, but he needs to do something like he needs to, um, I, I, I mean, I guess Kobe would be the guy, but like, it's just somebody like go, you know, go train with somebody and like learn a few tricks, do something. Um, because yeah, I mean, he's, he's, um, just, he just hadn't been very good. Um, but but hopefully he can turn it around. Um, Lord knows they need him to. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. Uh, Inez Cantor will not travel with the Knicks to London due to his concerns for his well-being overseas because of his comments uh, 
on the Turkish government. He's been very outspoken against the Turkish government, um, and it has resulted in a, in a lot of different things. Um, you know, he's he's essentially you know kind of come out and said that his family um, has been persecuted by the Turkish government because of his comments. Um, you know, he essentially can't go to Turkey uh, at all for fear of like being arrested. And so this is kind of a continuation of that. He does not want to go to London, um, you know, essentially for fear of, uh, you know, being, you know, in the same continent uh, as Turkey and, 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 you know, with any sort of potential that, you know, something bad might happen to him. Um, Joel, what are your thoughts on this matter um, as it pertains to uh, Cantor fearing for his well-being uh, with traveling with the Knicks to London? I think it's sad. Uh, like, there's one thing I can say about Ennis is Ennis likes to play. He wants to play. Um, yeah. And it's, you know, I know he has his issues with the government, uh, and uh, I'm not sure what those exactly are. I haven't really paid much attention to it. But I know <laughs> they don't like him, and he doesn't like them. And uh, to the point where that they might want to kill him is kind of extreme, and uh, that's got to suck, man. Like, I know he hasn't talked to his parents. I think they just like his father disowned him and all this extra shit, and it's like Had crazy. To. It's a crazy yeah. situation, and, and it's it's just there's a whole bunch of, of bullshit and drama that's really unnecessary right now, and, and the fact that he can't go to London because he's scared. He you know he's afraid that they might go after him, and that's not fair to him, you know, because he's he's just a player. It's not fair to us. We're missing a player, you know, as a team. But I don't want him to go if he feels like, you know, like it's dangerous. So I understand. Um, so it sucks. It really does. Uh, uh, it's just a weird and crazy situation. You don't. It's very rare. You don't hear kind of this kind of stuff. But you know, shit's crazy down in Turkey right now. And uh, and and he, he's not. You know, he's a very outspoken guy, as you know. Yeah, and I mean, he's. Obviously, you know, for for several years now, he's he's been sort of outspoken against the Turkish prime minister or president, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I mean, I I understand his trepidation. Um, you know, essentially, like um, you know, his his family, uh, according to Cantor um, and and other a few other reports um, from other you know um, journalists. That like essentially that it, his family was given essentially no um, no choice but to disown him um, mm-hmm. because if they if they didn't they could face you know essentially like prison time and um, torture right. and all these other things um, and you know and that's that that sucks man like up. that really yeah. yeah it is it's really fucked up and. You know, Tur- Turkey's one of those. It's just one of those like weird countries, man. It's like, um, like technically they're a democracy, but like, not really. Like, they're really more like kind of a fascist state. <laughs> um, like, it, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's just um, that you know, I, I guess can get by with uh, a lot of various shit that that most like Western European countries or America just like could not get by with. Um, and you know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I don't claim to know a lot about Turkey and their politics. Um, but you know, it's, it's 
certainly seems like uh, from a novice's approach um, to, to looking at the situation that um, I find it hard pressed for Cantor to have, um, you know, any reason to call out uh, his homeland's government, like the place where he comes from, to call out that government if he didn't feel like there was something really unjust going on. Especially at the risk of, like, you know, being disowned by his family and knowing that could be a consequence. So, like, just from the outside looking in, it it, it appears, um, it, it, without knowing the inner workings of this particular situation, it appears like, you know, Cantor may have a little bit more ground to stand on than the Turkish government, or he goes certainly for that matter. Um, but hopefully <laughs> we won't get too much into that. Um, but, Juwan, what are your thoughts? Yeah, no, from what I knew back when he was in OKC, he was, um, like, fighting to get out of <clears throat> Turkey when I think he went over there to go visit his um, his family. This is after the remarks that he had made. Um, and I remember him saying, and I think it was an interview, that, like, um, you know, he didn't have any clothes. He didn't have anything. Like, Westbrook was trying to help him get clothes and stuff like that. He was scared for his life that he wasn't going to be able to get back. OKC was trying to see what they could do to kind of get him out of there. Um, I, I, I think he even said he had to take, like, a boat or, like, a few boats to try to get to where, like, they could, you know, get him out of there. It was insane. Yeah. So, like, none of this is, like, him, you know, like, if he's saying he feels threatened going over there, I don't take that lightly. Like, oh, get, you know, get over it. You're fine. You're, no, I, I take that seriously. Um, and as far as, his, uh, you know, the situation with his parents that you're referring to, Nick, um, Cantor said they were being spit at and, and had like stones thrown at them uh, for even yeah. being associated with Enos Cantor. Um, right. So it wasn't a matter of like, yeah, nah, you know, why would my son ever do that? I hate my. It was like, no, no, no. Like, if we want to live, we have to make sure it's known. Like, we don't know who that guy is. We don't like him either. Like, so it's one of those right. situations that's very unfortunate, very, very strange for us to see situations like this through sports. Like, usually you hear of like, on CNN, like, this is happening to, like, some kid over there, and it's like, well, how can we get the kid out? Like, no, this is a guy who uh, was going through it while still being in the NBA. Um, so it, it, it's crazy, and um, it's very unfortunate, especially to deal with not being able to see your family. And on top of that, just wanting, like Joel said, he just wants to play basketball. Like, I've never seen someone um, who some people look at to where it's like, oh, dude, stop complaining. It's like, dude, I, I'm only complaining because I just want to play basketball. <laughs> like, that's it. And, um, you know, it, it's really unfortunate. I was telling, the thing I was telling you, Joel, um, it, it's super unfortunate, mainly because he came into the season wanting to be an all-star. And mm-hmm. not, through his, not through his game did that, become, uh, did that not become a possibility. It was from coaching that that became not a possibility. Um, by them kind of, you know, restricting his role and then taking him to the bench. Um, as a starter, I thought to start the season, he was playing really well. Like, he could maybe make a, a, a stance for him to be uh, a reserve all-star, uh, you know, at, at best. Um, so, yeah, like I said, it's, just, it's really unfortunate that he's going through everything that he's going through. And uh, now it kind of just tips off to where it's like, I can't even go play a game with my team <laughs> because of these, uh, you know, threats to my life. So very unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And, you know, we obviously, like, we all love Cantor. Um, like, I mean, I, I've, uh, 
essentially made no like not made it hidden at all. I think Cantor is essentially like the best teammate in the NBA. Like, I mean, that dude is, is fiercely loyal to his guys. Um, and like, it, 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 it just sucks that, um, you know, he has to go through this kind of situation. Um, but, uh, you know, we're, we're with you. And as, uh, and it, it, and I've heard it's Kentar, um, and if it is Kentar, um, my apologies. I I heard that from Rick Strom, uh, and and, and I, maybe that is what it is. Um, but I've always heard it Cantor, um, and, and it looks like it should be Cantor. Um, so uh, maybe it's just m- me as an American like butchering your name. But uh, nevertheless, uh, big fans. Uh, we are of an is cancer. Um, really quickly, I just want to like touch base on this really quick. Um, so let's try to get this done in like five minutes. So the Cavs decide they're going to sign Pat McCall. They sign him to <laughs> a <laughs> a non guaranteed contract, and then end up waiving him. It was like six million dollar two years non-guaranteed contract, they end up waiving him. And now the Warriors want to uh, essentially have requested that the NBA launch a formal review, uh, you know, essentially about the signing, um, I guess because, um, you know, essentially because he signed the, um, the deal with the Cavs, that was a non-guaranteed that they, you know, that the Warriors didn't match um, because obviously they didn't want to match that because $3 million to them being so heavy into the luxury tax is way more money than that. Um, and, uh, but then the Cavs ultimately end up waiving him. Um, so this makes him an unrestricted free agent. So he's not like able to be under, you know, the, the, the Warriors, um, you know, um, uh, they can't match any offer going forward is what I'm saying. Um, mm-hmm. Which, my thing is this, like, if you were really that concerned, like, why didn't you just fucking sign him? Like, y- you had months to fucking work out a deal with him. Obviously, like, y- you would, you weren't going to sign him. So, like, he had set out forever he finally got a deal. Granted, he got cut. Now he's probably going to, like, join another team. But, like, if, if – if, okay, this is what I'm getting at. If you can't come to an agreement with a guy that you have and he's not willing to accept the qualifying offer, then you should just fucking say, okay, fine, and relinquish your rights to him and let him be an unrestricted free agent. Like <laughs> – you know, like if you can't if you can't fucking come to terms on a deal, then just let the guy be an unrestricted free agent and say best of luck to you. Like, we'll try to sign a veteran at a vet minimum. Like, you know, if they had done this like in in proper fucking time, they could have gone out and gotten Vince Carter, who's been playing great for the Hawks this year, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, like. You know, like, it doesn't make any sense to me why they would want a, an investigation launch. Like, I, I just don't get it. Maybe there's more to this story than I'm aware of. But anyway, Joel, like, just quickly, what are, what are your thoughts on this bullshit, you know, 
Bullshit. Of warriors that's and, that's and, my thoughts. Yeah. I don't understand what what the fuck is going on. Like, what what is all this stack? Just because they, they won't really get this right. I understand they like the kids, and that's why they won't. They really did. Um, they kind of got lucky with that pick, and he played really well for them when he placed them. And, and, uh, it, I get it, but if you can't pay the kids, you got to love them more, right? I mean, I don't, right. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, I, I get it, but I don't get it. And it, it's just there's all this extra drama and now an investigation. It's just so crazy, so unnecessary. Yeah, my thoughts exactly. It's it's just stupid. Like it, it it's um. It's just dumb. <laughs> but anyway, Juwan, what are your thoughts? So, let me get this right. The team that didn't want him is asking the NBA to investigate another team that I guess didn't want him? Um, <laughs> the team that didn't want to pay him is, is, right. is asking what for an investigation on a team yeah, that signed him that but decided him. it did not want him. And I guess what right, they're right. saying is that the Cavs never really wanted him, which is why they signed him to a um, uh, a, a deal that was fully non-guaranteed. Um, it was simply to, um, you know, get him out of his restricted free agency with Golden State. From what I gather from the outside looking in. If the Cavs are found guilty, there's a possibility they could lose their Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on. That changes everything. Joel, how can we make this happen? We're only two games behind them. <laughs> how can we make this happen? <laughs> I don't know, like, but let's make it happen. <laughs> let's make it happen. Uh, don't you don't you love it when like uh and I'm being very facetious here, um when the Cavs could potentially lose uh their first round pick for um essentially Signing a guy and then waving him who they never intended to sign, but the Mavericks can have, you know, 15 years of rampant sexual misconduct throughout their front office and suffer no long term consequences. Like, isn't that great? Isn't that a a dandy league? Like, I love Adam Silver, but come on, bro. (laughs) Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, all, all I have to say is. All I have to say is thank you to McCall. I believe that's his name. Uh, because if he does yes. get uh, them stripped of their first overall pick and then the Knicks continue to lose out, this will be the greatest gift the Knicks have ever been granted in the history of yeah, Knicks. Right. Wow, <laughs> stupid, stupid decision. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I mean, we'll see how this all plays out. But I'm, I'm calling bullshit well, yeah. on this whole fucking thing. Yeah. Like, Adam Silver better... Like just be like, dude, this is bullshit. Like I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm no, no, no. not. Watch, watch your mouth, Nick. <laughs> dude, like I, I'm not fucking playing favorites here. You know, I'm in the fucking race for Zion as well. But like, nevertheless, like this, it's I'm I'm gonna call this. I y'all keep space, playing right? the way y'all playing. <laughs> yeah, no shit, right? Like uh, <laughs> it's very frustrating. Especially with with the Wizards without John Wall, it's only a matter of time before we start fucking winning more games than them. Fuck man. Oh, you know that but, team um, plays better without John Wall. That's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, but they they literally don't have a backup point guard now because they traded no, off. No, they don't. This is true. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Randall is their backup point guard. God bless. Oh him. my God, dude. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's better than uh, what was his name? Samaj Christian. 
That was the dude for yeah, right? OKC, yeah. like, uh, mm-hmm. two seasons ago before they picked up Ray yeah. Dalton. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> bringing, out, bringing out those old school uh, um, references there. Uh, but, yeah, okay. anyway, um, let's, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Uh, let's get into the second quarter awards, everybody. Uh, we had a few things to talk about. MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man of the Year, Most Improved Player, Coach of the Year, GM of the Year, Most Surprising Team, Most Disappointing Team, and if we have time, First Team All-NBA. We'll see how far we can get in just over an hour. Um, MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, because I haven't changed. Uh, that, that dude, okay, first of all, the Bucks now have the best record in the NBA. They didn't have that the last time we had this discussion, but they do now. Right. Um, and Giannis has just been super, super fucking consistent, man. The dude is just mm-hmm. balling out. Like, 26.6 points per game. Um, he, he's uh, got 12.6 rebounds per game. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous for for like I mean I know the guy's big and everything but like for a power forward like twelve point six rebounds like that's that's center rebound numbers um, and granted you mm-hmm. know when you when you're playing with Bruce Lopez rebounding I, though that's not the yeah, same. <laughs> yeah 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 I I mean I get it um, but he's also got six assists a game so like you couple that is 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 basically he's averaging two point six more rebounds uh than last year um in any at any point in his career he's averaging uh 1.2 more assists per game this season uh 0.6 more than he averaged two seasons ago when they uh when kid put him at point guard um mm-hmm. he is uh averaging 1.3 steals 1.6 blocks um he's just been remarkable he has struggled from 3 basically shooting about 17% um, mm-hmm. but he doesn't shoot a lot of them per game, just 2.4 right now. Um, and he's still like reasonably threatening. Like you can't leave him there, which opens up so much more of the floor for him. Um, and he's shooting 65% from two and a 59.4% effective field goal percentage. Basically he's shooting 60%. If you combine his twos and his threes and, and what that balances out to out of efficiency and effectiveness, um, right. that's remarkable. The dude is just balling out. He, he, I mean, he he is the best player on the best team in the NBA, and he is having the best season of his career despite shooting so poorly from three and – pretty poorly from the free throw line. He hasn't shot this bad from the free throw line since his rookie campaign. Um, and yet he's still this effective. Like, could you imagine if he was shooting even like a mildly respectable amount from three and, you know, like a basically like really respectable amount from, from the free throw strike? Like, God, I can't, I, I can't even imagine it. Um, but yeah, that this dude's just been crazy. Um, 
and he he's obviously the leader of this team. He he does all of the grit and grind. He makes posters out of everybody. Um and yeah, you know, he's been he's been consistent the whole season. He he's you know, showed up every game. He he's given it his all and um yeah, I, I mean I, I I can't waver from it, man. Um I know Harden has come on late and played great in the past, you know, uh fifteen or so games. Um, but you know, he wasn't playing great early in the season. Giannis was and Giannis is still playing great. Um so I I'm I'm gonna stick with Giannis. Um and kick it to you, Joel, what you got? Yeah, I can't argue with that. Giannis is my choice. Uh he's my choice when we first did it uh, for the first uh, for the first awards, and he still is now. And you you said all the right things. I mean, he, he's the man right now, and they're the best team in the league. And they weren't when when we first talked about it, and we had them at MVP. But because right. I do have him at MVP, my new runner-up is James Harden, and I have to give him yeah. all the credit because wow, they were in the cellar <laughs> the last yeah. time we were talking about the Rockets. Uh, we were like, wow, they were the most disappointing team. And they look like shit. And now they're like, mm-hmm. what, fifth in the West now? And he is – his numbers are absolutely ridiculous right now. Astronomical, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to burn himself out at some point. But as of right now, I mean, the man has had, like, a great two fucking months. <laughs> like, he's averaging, like, 33 yeah. point, points a game. He's leading the league in scoring. 5.9 rebounds, almost six – that's pretty much almost six rebounds. 8.7 assists. That's insane. Two steals. You know, even if he's not defending you greatly one-on-one, he's still he's picking you off at some point, which is good. Yeah. Uh, he, he's just efficient. He's he's carrying the Rockets because Chris Paul is hurt. Uh, Eric Gordon is hurt. That's that's most of your offense. Right. <laughs> Aside from James Harden, that's, that's right there. I mean, he is the offense now. He is everything. He is everything to the Rockets. And he's, I mean, I he, just because they had such a sh- shitty start, I can't give him the MVP. But he's right behind uh, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And he's and he's, he's deserving it because right now James Harden is uh is playing out of his mind. Yeah, he's on his heels, and like if Harden keeps this up, he might overtake him. Like we may be saying James Harden, and, and you know what? Right. Like I feel like that happened last season, at least for me. Um, mm-hmm. Like early on in the season, I had LeBron, um, and. I think by the time the third quarter awards rolled around, I just was like, no, it's got to be James Harden. Like, and, mm-hmm. and that might end up be what happens this year. Like, I mean, we'll see. Right. Um, we'll but, see, right. you know, Again, a lot of what had to do with that was the Rockets' record, um, which the Rockets have won a shit ton of games in a row. They're in the top four in the West now, last time I checked. Um, like, yeah, that means a lot. Nothing. Um, yeah. And, Considering you know, so, I mean, stack. so – Right, and and so like you know we'll see you know where that where that team ends up as well, um, but still I can't I can't discount what Giannis was able has been able right. to do consistently through forty games versus you know uh, essentially Harden really turning it on for the last fifteen games like that you you still have to look at the, look at the picture as a whole and not be a prisoner of the moment of you know what right. happened. You know, in the last few. Um, and Houston but, is five uh, for fourth. That's what they are. Sorry. It, it, yes, exactly. Uh, but uh, Juwan, uh, what are your thoughts? Who you got as MVP? <sighs> this one was tough because I was trying to be the outlier and be, you know, be the guy with the hot take and everything. But I, I, I can't go against. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, sorry, sorry. 
was trying to be a hot take guy. Sorry, Joel. Um, but I can't go against I can't go against Giannis. The guy is just unbelievable. I, I think I said it last last show, Nick. Any guy who like doesn't shoot and could still be dominant is someone you have to look at and go, This is crazy. Like usually someone who can't shoot but is dominant is usually a big man, like Shaq. But like Giannis could like you'd think he would be forced to be one dimensional and then they would take that away from him. But he's just dunking over you. Like it just it doesn't matter yeah. now. It doesn't matter now. He has he's a running big that man. It seems like yeah, it seems <laughs> like he has the, the Euro set that he's going through now. It just it's it's crazy. Yeah, it, it's crazy. And he's got by far the best field goal percentage inside of five feet. Right. <laughs> I can like, imagine. Not even close. Um, like. Um, but I will say my runner-up, weirdly enough, Nick, and you're gonna find this weird the most. My runner-up actually was Victor Oladipo, um, who I kind of feel like is having a very under-the-radar season in, this, in in terms of no one's really paying that much attention. But in big games this season, Victor Oladipo has been stepping up, whether it's in game winners or whatever. He's, just, he's been balling to me. Like, he's definitively going to be an all-star. Like, that's not – that's not even up yeah, the question. That's not a but question. But I feel like <laughs> that next step for him is MVP caliber. Um, and I think he's he's getting there, if not, like, approaching it. Because it's, it's one of those things where it's like that Boston game really impressed me. Um, that last game he just hit that walk-off three uh, was impressing me. Game against the Rockets was impressing me. Um, so, like, th- there are big moments that Victor Oladipo is approached with, and he is stepping up big time. Um, so he's actually my runner-up because, believe it or not, um, I really enjoy watching the Pacers play. Uh, being a Knicks oh, fan, yeah. it sounds insane, um, but yeah. I love watching the Pacers play. But here's the biggest thing, Nick, purely because of Victor Oladipo. Like, he's now my favorite player in the league. I love watching him play, um, especially in late-game situations. Uh, but, yeah, unfortunately, I have to go with Giannis because it's it's too overwhelming. Um, but <laughs> Would you say, Joe? <laughs> Did you see that? Unfortunately, no, because I wanted he, to pick. He wanted to, have, I wanted to be closer. I oh. wanted it to be closer so I could pick someone else. I'm going to be honest with you. Oh. I was originally going to pick Kawhi Leonard, but I feel like he's missing too many games for me yeah. to give that to um to Kawhi yeah. Leonard. Yeah. So that that's the only mm-hmm. reason why I say unfortunately. I'm not saying Giannis doesn't deserve it. I just would. I wish it was closer so I could lean <clears> towards <throat> someone else. <laughs> yeah, I got you. No, I feel you. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my runner-up's Harden right now, but my runner-runner-up is Paul George, who is also my defensive player of the year. Um, so yeah. let's move on oh, to that. Oh, he's mine too, you bitch. And, and <laughs> he, like, I'm going to, let me shout out you here, Joel, because he was your de- defensive player of the year for our first quarter awards. And mm-hmm. My real, um, he was my real you, uh, defensive player of the year, yeah, because I chose... I had to shout out Noah Vonley last game, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, that's right. You you try to play the Homer thing. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. But, like, I remember you being like, yeah, Paul George. Um, and, like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this as simple as possible. Paul George leads the league in, in overall steals. Paul George leads the league in defensive win shares. And Paul George is the best defender – on the statistically speaking best defense in the NBA. Um, as far as defensive uh, 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 percentage, or, or I'm sorry, defensive um, um, 
uh, like points allowed. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, OKC Thunder are, I think, 1.4 points better. No, 1.2, 1.2 or 1.4 or something like that better than the second team. Um, Paul George is the reason why. They don't have Robertson. Mm-hmm. They haven't had him all year. Paul George is the right. reason why they have that. Leads defensive win shares, number one in the league in that category. Um, and that's, you know, advanced an- analytics. And, you, you know, you can take that for what it is or whatever. But, right. like, he also leads the league in steals. Um, not steals per game, but he does lead the league in overall steals. Um, right. And, like, I mean, I I don't need any more than that. Like, it, like uh, first things first. Like, the, the most important defensive um, position that you have on your team is a wing defender. I don't care if you have a Rudy Gobert. If you don't have somebody who can guard the wing, you're not going to be effective um, with just a paint defender. Um, and mm-hmm. and with the way basketball is trending. Um, paint-protecting defensive big men are not as valuable, not as I would say not as invaluable as they used to be. Um, and with all that being said, like with Paul George putting up these kind of numbers that he's putting up um, defensively, I, I don't see how you like can't pick him right now halfway through the season, mind you. Um, but, you know, like, you know, I had him beat leading into this and the Sixers currently sit sit 12th in defensive rating. Um, they've kind of mm-hmm. fallen off a good bit since making that Butler trade. Um, I think losing Covington probably hurts them more than people would like to admit. Um, and I, I, I think that kind of showcases how much more importance a wing defender has than a paint defender regardless of how great Joel Embiid's defensive stats are. Like, mm-hmm. if your team is not playing as well, well a defense and, and you replace your um, best defender with Jimmy Butler, <laughs> like, like uh, he didn't take a step, a step that far back, but, like, it still it ended up, presenting seemingly being more as far as the stats show. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think there's a lot in there um, that I just, I can't, I can't bring myself to like argue with. Um, and, and I love Joel Embiid and I would love to give him any kind of award. And unfortunately, like he's runner up in like so many categories for me and it pains me, <laughs> but I can't lie. I can't, I can't get away from it, dude. It's got to be Paul George. Um, Joel, obviously, um, you have the same guy, so um, you, you feel free to elaborate on anything that I said and um, just, you know, why you saw Paul George as, as the guy early in the year and, and what has he built upon that to make you like be like, yes, he's still the guy. Well, I mean, he was on my radar early because he was, he was, even then, was leading in, the, like, steel. So I, I noticed yeah. that, and and I was like, I, I like the steals, like the stats. I like to look at stats. So I noticed that with with, with the steals, they've been unusually high. <laughs> like there's been a lot of, a lot of guy like in double digit steals, uh, not double digit, but like over two. 
And it's usually not the case. It's usually like one ish right. or whatever. And um, yeah. so that one stood out to me. And I thought Paul George, and like you were saying, they weren't as good defensively as they are right now. Like the Bucks, I think, right. were maybe right next to them at the time. Uh, but still, yeah. it, it showed in their way they were playing. He was the, he's, he became he was the anchor defensively. And in the last month or so, he's become also one of the key players. Not, I mean, he's always been an offensive juggernaut. But, I mean, it's Russell Westbrook's team. Um, right. But because Russ has been so inefficient offensively, and not that he's been playing bad, he's just like he's not, he hasn't been as consistent offensively. Like his shot is off, right. obviously his percentages are down. But George has been carrying right. him uh, offensively and defensively. So for me, I mean, the, the record was speaking for it. His play was speaking for it. Uh, the statistics speak for it. And I was like, Paul George. It was either him at the time or Mark. I mean, I, my obvious choice was either Marcus Hall. At the time, which is that's fallen off, yeah. and now Paul George. Um, so it's, I mean, I had to go who's been consistent, and Paul George has been consistent. Mark has fallen off. I still want to shout out Vale. We suck, but he's been really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he ain't going to let that one go. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Juwan, why is Noah Vonley so good defensively? <laughs> he guards, um, he guards uh, Antetokounmpo the best in the league one-on-one. Nobody defends like John, like Listen, I'm going to be completely honest, and I'm going to step back from my obvious bias. So I'm going to be completely honest. I watch Vonley, like, obviously every Nick game, and I'm just like, yeah, I could definitely see this guy's name being thrown in. And then there's other games that I watch, and I'm like, no, I don't see him doing it as often as Paul George. Like, no, I'm not I'm, consistent. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When he the record does play defense, <laughs> When he he's does good, play man. decent, he's really good. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's, what's crazy uh, mainly about that, now I'm going to get right into, like, obviously why I agree with Paul George. Um, but what's crazy is when O'Quinn left, I, I remember saying, like, man, like, at least if nothing else, he was just really good rebounding. Like, if you want to say he was horrible on everything else, he was just really good at rebounding. So I was just like, all right, well, who's the Knicks going to find to kind of do that for them? And then Vonley comes in and he's doing everything and more. <laughs> I was yeah, expecting exactly. that, that spot to be filled. Um, so yeah, I, I and he can guard like wings. <laughs> he can guard wings. I think I'll say this: if you're making a list of ten, Vonley is on that list. I'd even maybe versatility. Maybe, yes. Yeah, I'd even maybe you're not on my list, but squeezing in. You don't I don't, I don't watch Knicks games every night, so. You don't watch. You don't know finally. You're watching oh, tonight. Okay, okay. That's, that's I would no, argue you don't watch the rest of the league enough to know everybody either, so. <laughs> don't sleep on Vonley. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I don't disagree with that, but I would say, Nick, if you did watch him often, you would you would at least say, at least if it's at 10, he deserves to be on, on a top 10 list for a decent, defensive player of the year. Um, I don't remember yeah, from Vonley. I don't know. I see. I don't know how much Homer bias is going into y'all saying this. I just, I, you know, like it, good, y'all man. have tendencies. Y'all, y'all ain't like Luke. I'm not saying you're Luke Homer bias, like, but you, you're more Homer bias than I am. Boston, Boston, like, Boston, Boston. I mean, I got, I got people, I got people crucifying me over here in Atlanta for saying John Collins doesn't deserve to make the All Star team. Like, like, come on now. I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> I like him, but I cool. <laughs> well, I, I love him. I love John Collins, but like he, he just, he just, he, he missed like four, thirteen games this season. Like you know, like, right? And and the Hawks aren't that's, great. <laughs> that's more than a quarter of the games 
That's almost right. That's like almost half the games. Like so. Well, I will say, Nick, but, as, as far as bias, just to take the suspense out of it, Knox isn't my my rookie of the year, and uh, Fizdale isn't my coach of the year. So my bias isn't that strong. Knox has been playing better though. Knox has been playing a lot better. Um, but I will say, Paul George. Oh, now I'm gonna have to hear runner-ups for Knox. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Paul George to me is playing really, really, really good. I will say I am really eager to see how that team plays defensively when uh, Roberson gets back. It, it, is, is that what's that right. timetable looking like? Never it looks like. Uh, dude, it's, it, yeah, it's there. As far as I know, there still isn't a actual timetable. But I mean, man, okay. I'm still on that. I'm still on that bandwagon, like. You don't. You don't need his defense, man. You need shooting. You need. You need a trade for some shooting. <laughs> I don't. I, well, like, time out. Know. I will say this. I will say this, Nick. The the biggest time where that's going to come in handy is in the playoffs. You being able to to definitively possibly lock down two two other guys kind of just opens up a lot of everything else. Sure. Um, so if yeah. you can have Paul George, I, especially I would if, honestly. And I'm not saying. I would. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I would trust. I would trust Jeremy Grant to take on that responsibility, though, and he's effective as a like offensive threat. Like mm-hmm. he's six foot nine, he blocks shots, he's pretty damn good. I like I would trust him with with guarding a um, an elite perimeter defender, not in, in not as good as Robertson, but you know, like. And we still don't know if Robertson's going to be healthy. So, like, it, it, I, I just think I, I, at this point, you know, given what they've already shown defensively, the fact that they are the best defensive team in the league, I would just rather have a shooter that, yeah, personally. Like, I would rather have Courtney Lee on my team right now than a healthy Andre Robertson. Just well, I tell you what, one thing you won't have hey, to worry man. about is He's available. Lee is defense. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. do you want to he, take on Robertson? Defense. He he'd make a ten million dollars uh, next year and he hadn't played in like just fucking geez. eighteen months, bro. Yeah, so since we don't really play since we don't really play the best of defense, yes, I would I would prefer uh, he wouldn't hurt, well, and, hey, <laughs> hey, I'll throw I'll throw this out there. He he makes two point seven million dollars less per year or, or less next year than Courtney Lee makes. So I mean that helps you out at least a little bit with cap. Maybe you get a yeah, second round out of it. And maybe we'll Something. get some defense going. You never know. <laughs> if he plays, he defends. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but anyway, uh, Juwan, uh so you got Paul George too then? Uh, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. I went through a whole thing, but yes, Paul George also. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, it's hard to argue at this point. I mean, there's a, there's a few other guys you could you could argue, but, like, I feel like we painted the picture very well enough to 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 basically, um, you know, justify where we all have the same person. All right, well, let's all have the same person again with Rookie of the Year, uh, Luka Doncic. Ah, like it still pains me, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it it's obvious. I don't even got to throw out any stats. Anybody who knows basketball and watches basketball understands basketball, understands why Luka Doncic is the obvious rookie of the year 
Um, so I'll just go ahead and pass it over to you, Juwan, um, because I think I I probably at one point loved this kid more than you, but now that my Hawks betrayed me and traded him away, and now I have to have some kind of weird allegiance against him because I'm a Hawks fan. Um, I feel like you <laughs> love him more than I do now. Um, so, like, you have the floor. Why is Luca the rookie of the year? I mean, this guy, to me, brought uh, – he's the equivalent uh, to, to Baker Mayfield uh, in a sense of he just brought swagger to that team. He brought swagger. Yeah. He brought a fresh face. He brought raw talent, like something that you don't have to worry about, like, man, like, is this guy going to live up to all that hype? No, no, no. I, I'll show you from game one that I was worth that pick. Um, and it's one of those things where, like, he's also no trouble. Like, you don't hear anything of Luca other than praise. Um, he's just yeah. So the worst freaking the worst thing, the, like the worst thing that you saw of him was in the game. I forget who they were playing, but um, where they used him as a decoy and then inbounded it to um, to uh, DSJ, and he drove to the lane. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. drove to the lane and then didn't get the shot off, and like they like. Uh, the camera cut immediately to Luca, and Luca was like, "What the fuck!" Like he was so mad. Um, and like to that's like fair. the worst. That's the worst look you have of Luca. And you know what? Like anybody who's ever played basketball and is as competitive as I am um, would say the exact same fucking thing. <laughs> to be fair to anyone who is judging Luca for that moment, allow me to let. Two things be known. One, he was on fire from three that game. He That's had 34 one. points. And he was 7 of 10 from three in that game, yeah. Yes, and Nick, correct me if I'm wrong, because you know I always go to you because uh, I'm wrong often. He had hit a big three not long before that uh, that, um, yeah. that possession. So it's like if I'm yeah. loser, I'm saying, what else do you need me to show you? Like, give me the ball. If I miss it, cool. I learned from it. You don't use me as a decoy. Give me the ball. Like any yeah. of the three that he hit, three. It wasn't even like oh wide open. He no, hit. no, that was a deep three. <laughs> that, with a hand in his was, face, he stepped back and drained it on him. Yeah. Yeah, he hit him with one of those my nads just dropped kind of threes. Like that was that was a, <laughs> yeah. that was that was a big time three. So to me, I don't even count that against him. I, I mean, I look at it the same way. No, I don't either. People, I'm just saying. I'm just saying if there was one thing that anyone could point out, it would be that, and that is so utterly insignificant. Um, right. You know, right. like – I mean, I, I look mean, at it, really... honestly, I look at it in the same vein as when Baker Mayfield threw that touchdown and then stared down his old coach. Like, I love that, too. That's swagger. I'm Hell, yeah. Swagger to me. That is swagger, yep. and I want that from a kid who's walking into a situation that everyone yep. in that locker room is now looking at him to be the guy, mm-hmm. uh, to carry them night. Uh, night, night to night. So I mean, that yeah, mamba mentality, baby. Absolutely, that's why I said some are born with it, can't be taught. That kid yep. was born with it. I look yes, at Luca in this rookie of the year situation, to where this is one of those situations to where I think this is a clear favorite. Like I, I don't even know where number two comes at on this list. That's how far ahead of the game I think Luca is yeah. in this rookie of the year situation. And I will stay pat. On the idea of, I said it. I, I said it a long time ago. I'm sticking with Luca will lead this team to an eighth seed until the playoffs are seeded 
and they are officially out. I will not stop riding that wave of Luca will lead this team to the playoffs. They need to make a trade. They need to. They desperately need to make a trade because they don't have the pieces yeah, around them right now. But yeah, they don't. Yeah, unfortunately. But but Even for Dirk, um, I feel bad for Dirk more than anybody. Yeah. Uh, well, God, he's he's older than God. Like, he's that's why I like, feel bad. I wouldn't mind Dirk go out in the playoffs. Like, I know Dwayne Wade and Miami Heat are probably going to make the playoffs. Well, at least he'll go out with yeah. the I, I can't, I can't yeah. say the same with Pop Dallas and Dirk, you know? Yeah, that's that's true. But but nevertheless, like, um, no, I mean, I, I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I never did. But I, I do – I mean, he is – you're right, Juwan. He is heads and tails above every – other rookie. Um, honestly, I, I think the man among boys. I, I, yeah, I think when we do this, uh, when we do the third quarter awards, we might as well just pick like the runner up, so we can have different different opinions. Because, like, I mean, it's it's just it, he's running away with it. Um, but like, and in that regard, I'm gonna give a shout out, Jaron Jackson. That's my runner up because Jaron Jackson has been balling out. He, he he really he really looks like a fucking great defender, um, and uh, he's been hitting threes at a very nice clip, um, and like can play obviously play power forward, uh, probably probably projects more as a center um, as time goes on, and that's you know one of the big reasons why I, at at least at one point in time I had him as the number three uh, prospect on my big board. Um, I think I dropped him down to four for Bamba because Luke convinced me to do so. Fucking bastard. Um, but, <laughs> uh, to but, but nevertheless, um, Joel, I, I, I would assume that you agree with both me and Juwan. You got Luca there as well. Nah, fuck that. Trey Young for MVP of the league. Not just <laughs> <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> hey, I will uh, say this though. Get this: over the last seven games, Trey Young, yeah. guess what he's shooting mm-hmm. from three? Guess what percentage? Last seven games. What's up? Let's throw out a percentage. Uh, wow, no, forty. Seventy-one percent. Ah. Bullshit. Seventy. No, what? check it. Go and check it, bro. Like seventy-one percent over the last seven games, he's almost made his way back up to thirty percent on the year. <laughs> yeah. Oh my lord, that's ridiculous. So seventy like, percent. Uh, yeah. High. Uh, yeah. Like I'm, 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 I'm pretty optimistic. Like, I like that's maybe he's got high. his shot figured out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but still, like that's that's some promising shit. But anyway, um, I, I digress. Go ahead. No, nah, Luca. Obviously, Luca. I mean, we could we could talk all day about Luca and how good that kid is. Um, he is the man right now. He's definitely the rookie of the year. He's he's the leader, uh, in the, in the rookie rankings. Uh, obviously, you could also shout out uh DeAndre Ayton, who is uh he's a man. Yeah. He's also a man among boys. You know, if yeah. it wasn't for Luca playing as well or being as stand out as he has been, and his team being in it, at least you know they're not. They're still they're struggling, but they're, at least they're more relevant to fuck than the Suns. Um, and it's just because of him. And Aiden is still putting up solid numbers. He's he's a solid center already, putting up double double. Uh, he's he's definitely 
that guy that's going to probably give you 2010 every night. He's a solid number one pick. You couldn't really go wrong with him. Luca was still maybe a crapshoot, even though it's obviously not the case. He's obviously the guy that we all thought he might be. Uh, but you never knew. Uh, Aiden was obviously the second pick. And, yeah, well, I know you did. Well, you were the only I – mean, you were one of the very few. I mean, look, Luca. I look, I had Luca. I feel like anybody who really knew thing. basketball knew. Like, I didn't know Luca would be this good, honestly. I didn't. No, no, I, no, I no. Okay, whoa, 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 wait, hold on. I, I'm not saying I knew he would be this good. I'm just saying – I knew Luca would be good. I'm saying he was the right, person. Right. He was the he was the person in the draft. There were two people in the draft that you knew would be fucking really good, and that was Luca right. and Aiton. You knew both of those guys were not going to suck. Like that's that, true. Like if nothing else, they were not going to suck. And like you know, they were the uh, they were the the, the highest C, or uh, sorry highest four players in the draft. Um, like, right, right. You could debate about their ceiling, but they were the highest four players in the draft, um, and uh, and that the, and that was the big thing. That was the big um, the big gamble with with trading for Trey Young was. Um, yeah, I mean, essentially, you were. I mean, if you were Travis Link, you were saying, "All right, well, uh, Lucas got the higher floor, but we think Trey has the higher ceiling, and we get an extra pick." And obviously, like it, it's too soon to tell. But like the early verdict does not look good for that trade. No, I get what you're saying, and you're right. It, it doesn't. But you know, Trey's still like you said, yo, shooting seventy percent, bro. Seventy-one killer. Yeah, seventy. Sorry, oh, I'm so sorry. Seventy-one percent monster. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I still want. I want to shout out Kevin Knox before the you know before we close out the rookie ladder because uh, Kevin Kevin has been killing it, man. Uh, he didn't have the best on, today. But uh, he has, yeah, he's he's been putting up some good numbers. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's starting to find his rhythm, and he's still really young. So he's still he's getting gonna, growing he, into his own body. Yeah, uh-huh. and he's going to be a scorer, man. Like, he's going to get buckets. Like, the biggest thing for, for me, for him, is, like, utilizing his 6'9 frame and, and, and right, right, wingspan right. to be able to, like, yeah. be an elite defender because he has the potential yes. to be that. Yes, he does. Um, he does. And if he can maximize that potential and be an elite scorer, because he's going to be, I won't, I won't say he's going to be an elite scorer, but he's he is going to be a really good scorer and probably going to be an elite scorer. Like I, I just yep. see that in him. Um, and uh, and and like if you you know obviously you and Juwan have. Um, and I, I, you know, I've caught highlights here and there, but like you, you see these highlights and it's like, uh, you know, he, he, he went off for like 24 points, uh, in, you know, 18 or 22 minutes or, you know, maybe 26 minutes yeah. or whatever. And it's no. like, right. all right. Like, dude. Yeah. Um, it, like when yeah, he starts I, getting I'd in say... the flow of things and he's playing 34 minutes a game, 32 minutes a game mm-hmm. and, you know, like, really getting getting up even you know even more shots even though like he gets up a lot of shots in a small amount of time like he ain't afraid he to fucking shoot the rock um no, no, but no. like yeah my biggest thing with him is just like utilize your body and like become a like fucking awesome defender because you have all the you gotta get comfortable to be that. he had for all most of the early part of the season his layups were so awkward <laughs> he just, yeah he couldn't find the right you know he right. just couldn't get it but he's already yeah. kind of figuring it out, so I'm happy that he's, he's learning. You know, you can see him learning. 
Well, think, at least think, at least at least one of one of the players between he and Nilakina can figure that out. Progressiveness <laughs> 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 of Nilakina, man. Yeah, man, I just I don't understand like how Nilakina gets so afraid when he goes into the paint and like panics and and throws up these weird fucking layups, man. Like, um, and now he doesn't even do it anymore. Now he just like throws the ball out of the paint. Like he's like, I don't want to do it. Like you gotta do it, dude. You're like you gotta fucking try. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. It, one of his big big weaknesses that it was I always was aware of was um, his his lack of finishing ability at the rim. Um, right. And I yeah I I still I I still have my fingers crossed that he can work through that. But like that's the thing though. Me if too. you can put a guy like if you can put a guy like Knox next to him who can be like. Just let Knox shoot all the shots that Nilakina would take, and let Nilakina play fucking defense, get some assists, hit some clutch shots. Like that's all you really need from him. Like if if Nilakina can be a version of Andre Robertson who can actually hit shots from time to time, that's not that bad. Like it, you know, it's not what you drafted for, but it's still not that bad. Um, you just got to be well, in the right I mean, scheme and with the right players around him. He he still to me he still has to figure out his identity and I also feel the biggest thing that disappoints me in him this season is Phil Dell has sat him a lot like he's had a lot of DMPs yeah and I feel like when he yeah. does play he doesn't make uh, the most of it enough to where Fizdale's like all right well I can't bench him again so it's like all right well like when are you going to start showing him like he can't afford to sit you um, right you know and I yeah. feel like he hasn't really embraced these moments enough. It's really like yeah, show something. But, like have have an eight steal but, game. Like even if you don't score a lot of points, the, like just show something. Here's the thing though, man. But at the same time, like you're tanking. Like why not That's fucking true, play true. him? It, I don't care if he's fucking playing like shit. Fucking play. Like you think Trey Young has fucking earned his minutes? No. <laughs> <laughs> we just fucking throw him. Like you think Trey Young right now is better than Jeremy Lin? Ain't no fucking way on earth Trey Young right now is better than Jeremy Lin. But, like, Trey Young's our future, so we're playing him as a starter and playing him more minutes so he can get that experience. So hopefully in the future, you know, it pans out. And maybe next year he makes a De'Aaron Fox-type leap. But, like, you know, like, in the meantime, you know, we're just – Yeah, man. He's going to come up in a minute. Uh, <laughs> I will say, Joel, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I will say Fizz I does will. seem a little biased with uh, with Moutier. Uh, his press he conference, he was raving of Moutier. Um, so it seems yeah. like if Moutier, even if Moutier was having like a bad stretch, he still wouldn't DMP him. Um, there I is think something he's a about Moutier, coach. Yeah. Like, Moutier has played a lot better it's this like, year. He's impressed me, but still. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he's I agree. also a restricted biased, free agent, and I don't think too. you guys should pay him. <laughs> So there's no. that. Uh, but, hey, no. maybe you can trade him before the trade deadline and get some value out of him and then play Should Frank, be cool. You know, so. When is the trade deadline uh, exactly? Uh, February 7th, I think. Ooh, it's coming. It's coming. It's before the Yeah, it's, it's coming right so now. fast. That's yeah. Cool. Okay, I love it. Yeah, we'll we'll see. See, they moved um, it up. But all right, let's 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 move on. We we we've rambled on about the next far too long. Uh, at least six, once a game, once a show. It's bullshit. We need to do this once a show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we do this like three times a show. But uh, six six no. man of the year. 
<laughs> Fuck you. Uh, six men of the year. <laughs> um, I, I'll go to you first for one. Uh, six men of the year. Mm. Uh, I Actually, wasn't sure let me. On my... let me uh, anyway, let me kick it to Joel first. I want to kick it to Joel. Okay, first. go ahead. go ahead, Joel. All right. Well, here's the thing about six men of the year. Um, there's a lot it's of wide the fuck here. open. It is wide the fuck open, but look at Julius <laughs> Randle was my pick last time. Sure, but, and he deserved yeah, it, too. and he probably still he would probably still be the sixth man of the year. My problem yep. is he's been starting because Miritich has been out for like yep. fucking two months, so he's ruining yep. his case for sixth man of the year. So sure. I had to make a decision, go in a different direction, and there's two guys that are obviously on my list. Due to injury, it's kind of fucking with one of my picks now because uh, Miles Turner's been hurt for a little bit now. And Sabonis has uh, been starting. But Sabonis is my sixth man of the year right now. Sure. To me. Yeah. He is, the to me, the sixth man of the year. Uh, he's been fucking unbelievable off the bench uh, for the Pacers. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, the last couple games, he has been starting because Miles Turner is injured. So it makes sense that he is starting. Um, right, but uh, most I don't think Miles, I don't think it's a serious injury, so I don't. Uh, that's why I'm not. I, I still count him, uh, so it won't be like a long term thing. Uh, but my runner up, Sabonis has been killing. I think to the point where I think Sabonis can even possibly make an All Star nod. That's how good I think he's better than say my fucking guy. <laughs> my runner up is Spencer Dinwiddie. Fucking God monster damn it! You son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> I will not. I will not go into more detail. I'll let you go into more detail. But he is my runner-up. Um, the man is. I look and to the point where they don't even start him when they should start him. The Nets right. have been really good uh, lately, and you know what? Dinwiddie's a big part of that. Nick, please tell me why Dinwiddie is your sixth man of the year. God damn it! Yes, I thank you. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie is is definitely and, and no knock against the bonus. That's a fucking hell of a pick because he has been he's been a huge factor as to why that team is good. The fact that he can play alongside Miles Turner um, and like play off the bench like he he's they fit him in seamlessly. And the fact that like Turner can can spread the floor obviously helps with that. Um, the fact that they can play like two bigs at once. Um, but uh, but yeah. Like he he's been great. Um, they can uh, you pair him next to Turner. They can pair him next to Thad Young, um, and it just it makes their their um, their rotation so seamless and, 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 and you know the, the ability that they have um, with that that Nate McMillan has um, at his fingertips. So um, I'm 100% on board with your pick. But yes, my pick is right. Spencer Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie has been the best fucking guard on this team um, all season. Like, uh, there was a a small argument to be made early on in the season before um, uh, Karis LeVert went down with an injury Um, because LeVert was playing great earlier this season. But since LeVert's injury, Dinwiddie has only gotten, dude is averaging 17.1 points per game off the bench. 17.1 17.1 points per game. Like, that's fucking mm-hmm. crazy. He is bar none the best point guard on this team. He is better. Like, as of right now, anyway, he's better than D'Angelo Russell. Like, he he is a better point guard right now than D'Angelo Russell. Um, yeah, I he's he he's shooting start. a respectable he, – he, I really think so, too. But, you know, whatever they're doing is working. Cause he, I get it. Um, yeah. 
Fucking they, son of Napier. Uh, Brooklyn, Whatever. Brooklyn, Brooklyn <laughs> is currently in the sixth seed. I'm um, no, sorry, the eighth seed. They worked their eighth way seed, into yeah. the playoff picture. So, sure like, did. props. Props on them for that. Uh, props for yep, Sean yep. Marks, uh, for Kenny Atkinson, and all of these yep. guys. Um, but then what he's shooting a very, Atkinson. very respectable 36.6% uh, from three. He's shooting 6.7 attempts per game. Um, and he's got an effective field goal percentage of 54.3, um, which is very good for a guard. Um, he's shooting almost 80% from the free throw stripe. Um, and he's got he's averaging 5.1 assists off the bench. 5.1 assists off the bench is fucking remarkable. Like that's really fucking mm. good. Uh, 2.5 rebounds, uh, 0.6 steals, 0.2 blocks. Nothing special there. But he's only turning the ball over 2.2 times uh, per game. Uh, juxtapose that. Like, that's not great, but juxtapose that with 5.1 assists per game. That's not a bad assist to turnover ratio. Um, Dude, this and, and 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 these are just stats. If you watch the games, this guy is like the fucking, like he's the heart and soul of this team. Um, and the and like too, like we talk about it so often that when like guys get like these contract extensions, they're just like, all right, well I got my money. This motherfucker got a contract extension this year and has only played better since getting that contract extension, which wasn't even that much. Like it was like nine million dollar a year. Uh, for three years, like it wasn't crazy. It was like a, it was a Jeremy Grant deal, and this dude has just been fl- fucking playing even better. Like to me, if the Nets are smart, they would trade D'Angelo Russell to the Suns and fucking get whatever they can get out of that, and just promote Spencer Dinwiddie and let him run the fucking offense because he's better. He's a, he's a fucking better player. Um, and you know, hopefully, like draft a point guard or maybe get like Elio Kobo back in the deal or something. Um, but yeah, this dude has been balling out. He is one of the biggest reasons that, um, you know, this team, uh, is where they are. Um, he plays a lot down the stretch, um, and in closing minutes, like he he comes off the bench, but he, he, he's one of their finishers. Um, and you know, like he, 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 they rely on him to take big shots. Like when it counts, like he, they're not afraid for him to have the ball at the end of games. And like, I, I just, I really like the kid. I think he's great. He's only 25 and he's got so much like room for improvement. And I am a little bit biased only because he probably, he was an unrestricted free agent next season. He could have tested free agency and decided I made my name in Brooklyn. They gave me the chance. They gave me the chance that Detroit wouldn't give me and that no other team in the league would give me. And so I'm going to sign long-term with them. Um, and I respect shit like that. I just like shit like that. Like, um, that, that to me is like, that's like loyalty. And I know like we, we say a lot like nowadays, like loyalty doesn't mean shit, what have you. But, um, so I, I like it when guys do that. And, um, so uh, maybe I'm a little biased, but yeah, I really, really like what Spencer did, what he's been doing over there. But hey, man, um, I think Randall would be a good pick. I like Sabonis a lot too. Um, like I said, it's wide open. Uh, but anyway, uh, Juwan, I'm gonna throw it over to you. Who you got? I'm gonna have to agree with you. Um, <clears throat> in the games that I did watch over the Nets, he looked really good. I like Joel's pick of Sabonis actually. Um, I thought that was a really good pick. But yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Dinwiddie. And by the way. 
No, do not trade um, D'Angelo Russell. I don't know. There's something about that kid that just screams big city, big life. Like that kid, that kid could be really, really, really good uh, and clutch. Uh, but I do see why you would send him to the Suns, though. Yeah, I mean, it just makes sense. See, the Suns of the the uh, the Magic um, would would make sense to me. Um, I would say the 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 Knicks, but um, I, I just don't think they would want to take on an, an expiring um, deal. Uh, you know, they they'd rather have somebody. If they were gonna like trade for a point guard, they'd rather have someone like Dennis Smith Jr. who's got a few more years on his deal. Um, but uh, but yeah, all right, let's move on. Most improved player, man. I got a couple people here. And so I'm a, I'm gonna go ahead and say my my two so I can spoil fucking Joel's picks now. Um, <laughs> um no 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 I'm, I I but I mean I do I I've got a couple people but um to me it really boils down to two guys um uh it, I really like Pascal Siakam I really like what he's been able to do out in Toronto um and like that's where my heart is. But where my head is, is De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> like, De'Aaron Fox is the best player um, on a team that I did not expect to be anywhere close to the playoffs. In fact, I had them projected as the worst team in the league. I had no faith yeah. in this team. <laughs> um, and just, like, the fact that he's got them, like, he and Buddy Heald, um, and that, that tandem has got them, um, you know, in, in – in conversation for the playoff picture is remarkable to me. Um, he's got stats. He's, his shooting has been crazy good this year. Um, like, he can take you off the dribble. He can cut around the screen and shoot the three if you try to duck under it. Um, he's a more than adequate passer. Uh, he's just got all, like, the intangibles that you want. He's always been, like, a pretty good defender. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, but, like, when he played Lonzo Ball um, twice in college, he, like, kicked his ass both times. And, like, you know, like, you have to take that with a somewhat of a grain of salt because it's college, mm-hmm. but, like, it, 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 it has seemingly translated. He's got that tenacity. He's got that fire. I really like him. I, he's got to be my most improved player. Can't argue so with that. I'm going to kick it to you, Joel. Yeah, I can't argue with that. Uh, yeah, God damn is, it. Uh, Why is everybody keeping not, green? I can't argue with that. Look, I'm not going to choose him, but I can't argue that that's a good okay. choice. That's a good choice. Thank you. You know? You know, uh, my my number two at the moment. He wasn't even on my radar, but they kept winning, and so I was like, oh, right, But he too is playing really well too. Um, but uh, my my pick was I, you just mentioned him, Pascal Siakam. Uh, yeah, he solidified he solidified himself as the starting power forward for the Toronto Raptors. That boy had thirty points the other day <laughs> out of nowhere, and he rebounds well. He's an energy guy. Uh, it, I I wouldn't I wouldn't call him a key cog to the team like going to like a big three or anything, but he's still like the ultimate glue guy, and he's been so much better than he was even a year ago as just an energy guy off the bench. Now he's a clear starter on a team that where he's absolutely needed uh, and used because he can defend the perimeter and he can defend the paint and he's got high energy and he can score and he can shoot and he can rebound. It's like he can do a little bit of everything. He can, he can, he can do it. And uh, and this is something 
is, is a quite a leap from where he was last year as just a high-energy guy. So I, I had to give the, my most improved player to Pascal Siakam. Yeah, no, I mean, I feel you there. I mean, that's a, that's a very good pick. I mean, and, and I, I, the reason that I do kind of like Pascal Siakam is because I feel like, I feel like the award maybe doesn't go to the guys who really deserve it the most. Like, I feel like most improved players, um, like in my mind, it, well, but yeah, but like, that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is like, maybe it should go more to guys that always flew under the radar and then made the leap. Not guys we expected right. to do like really well and then didn't achieve it. And then now they achieve it. And so we give them the award, which is like exactly what De'Aaron Fox is. Um, so that right, would be right. like the no, one no. reason why I would like, like side, even though De'Aaron Fox is having a better season than Siakam, like, because, you know, because of the high so, pick. <laughs> he, well, but because he's more important to his team, whereas Siakam yeah. is a role player. But the fact that Siakam as a role player is playing so well on a team full of talent speaks right. a lot to his value. So, like, yeah, I mean, I can't argue with Siakam either, man. Like, that's, that's such a good pick. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's take it to you, Juwan. Who you got? Well, you, uh, we'll no, let you I, either be the tiebreaker or or what's that? Uh, his 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 uh, phone call dropped, so he's currently Oh, damn, Jawan. Yeah. All right, well, it's all good. Um, all right, well, uh, then I guess we'll just move on. Um, all right, <laughs> uh, what do we got next? Um, six man of the year. We already did that. We did uh, that one. Coach of the year, um, but it's like I guess they they play it by uh, whoever the <clears throat> the uh, MVP is at the moment. But I gotta give Coach Bud the credit because you know what, he um very much could be a middle of the pack team, even with the talent he has. Yes, he could be a, a fifth, sixth, fourth, you know, around there, and he's not. And don't get me wrong, a lot of it is because of his Antetokounmpo. But guess what? This team has struggled in the past with almost the same talent. Now, they're a little right. bit better. They've added some better pieces. They've complemented uh, the Cooper a little bit better this year. Yeah, they added some better really complementary pieces, but they didn't necessarily they did. get better as far as talent-wise. Right, right. They did add, like yeah. you just said, complementary pieces. You're right. Talent-wise, it's not that much different than what they had before. But in right. terms of complementary pieces, they have. You got now. Now you got George Hill. That they just made that move not that long ago, uh, uh, off the bench, yeah. uh, helping them out. But the point guard Ilya is now because they piece for them. Obviously, nice, Lopez. DJ Walsh has been playing more now. Brook Lopez is yes. it was a great acquisition. Uh, and of course, you know Snell off the bench. But look, Coach Bud has been. He's he put the starting five together. He gave you a legit five. This is my five, and he's kind of stayed with it. And he's. He's played around with the bench a little bit because due to injuries, so some some guys are in and out. Had some trades happen, and, and it, it's all been fluid. It's all been fluid, and now they have the best record in the league with the best player, arguably the best player, um, one of the best players in the league, at least top five, I would say, at this point. Top five, um, yeah. At, at the at the very least, um, so it, it's just hard to argue. Coach Bud, uh, a good coach before, and obviously with talent, can take you to where you need to get to. Now let's just see if he can go even further 
when they get to the playoffs and can, how much far can he get past the first, second, you know, can they get to the conference finals at least at least for this team because they have the talent to make it to the to the NBA finals. But I think the, the biggest, my biggest goal for them is to at least get the conference finals because it's going to be some competition because right. East is top heavy. They're, they're top five team heavy at this at right now. And if the Bucks can get past one of those teams, which I think they have the ability to do, that'll mean a lot. And I think Coach Bud can get them there. Yeah, I think that'll mean a lot, not only in, like, their um, projection going forward and, like, their their confidence, but it'll mean a lot as far as, like, re-signing the, the necessary guys they have to re-sign. Like, they have to re-sign right. Middleton, number one. Um, and they probably should re-sign Eric Bledsoe as long as, like, nobody's stupid and comes along and offers them a huge contract, which I don't think anyone will. Like, I don't – like, Eric Bledsoe's not young. Like, he, I, I just don't see a team – I don't see, like – obviously, the Suns aren't going to try to sign him. Um, and I don't see the Magic coming along trying to sign him. I don't see the Knicks coming along trying to sign him. And those are, like, the three big teams that really could use a point guard. Um, so – you know, I, I, I think they'll be able to get him on a reasonable contract. Some somewhere between like, you know, fifteen to twenty million dollars a year, I think is reasonable for Eric Bledsoe. Um and, you know, for, for a guy like Middleton, he's probably gonna cost you more like twenty five million a year. Um and, you know, you should pay that. Yeah, you know, I mean you I mean you should. Um and you might have to overpay for Middleton. You might, because, you know, there's gonna be some teams out there who probably um, will covet that asset, not having it more than you do. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think making the Eastern Conference Finals would go a long way. And obviously, you know, I, I feel like even more so now that you have the talent surrounding Giannis, you have to keep it so that you can keep Giannis. That is the most important thing. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, my yeah. my pick is another Mike. Uh, Mike Malone, man. Um, just. Not a bad choice. Man, dude, like, they're first place in the West. Denver is first in the West. And, like, they've been hurt throughout the season, too. Like, they've been fighting off countless injuries all season, whether it's Paul Millsap, um, uh, 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 Gary Harris, or – Will Barton. Barton. Like, they've had yep. injuries to all three of those guys um, and, and been able to just play through it and, like, seamlessly um, and, and and just, you know, plug and play various guys to, like, make sure that, you know, they, they win these games. And they've been able to do it flawlessly. And, you know, I can't I can't ignore that. I can't – first of all, like, I, I get – like. I really struggle with this one because I feel the same way you do about Bud. Like I had Milwaukee at like fifth, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, fifth I or fourth, like, I somewhere think so right too. in there. And, fourth, yeah. and the fact that they're first right now is impressive. I had Denver at eighth. I went back and like looked at where I had all these teams, like with my preseason I picks. I had Denver at mm-hmm. eighth. They're in first, um, right next to Milwaukee. Milwaukee's got the better record, but granted, Milwaukee plays in the east. Denver plays in the West, and and Denver's been fighting all these injuries. And, like, Mike Malone has somehow miraculously gotten his team to play defense. (laughs) Like, like, this has been one of the worst defensive teams in the league for the past several seasons. And, like, this year, they're good. Like, they're they're very respectable on the defensive end. Like, yeah, so, like, I I, I had to go with Mike Malone. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think either Mike that you picked there too. And shout out to Nick Nurse, man. Like I know he's yeah, got like sure. a like a fucking awesome roster that even got upgraded from last season. They got all the depth in the world. But like the way he has um, coached this this lineup and and his plug and play mentality of like playing Ibaka sometimes and Valanciunas other times and and swapping it off versus matchups. Like I think that's that's like futuristic shit. Like he's ahead of the game. Um, in the way that he is coaching via his lineup. And I definitely think it deserves mention. Um, so, but yeah, those are easily my top three guys. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, GM of the year. Who you got? My GM. Oh, see, that was a tough one for me because I, I obviously could always go back to the early signings and all the trades that went down uh, in the, over the summer. And it's hard to know what's going to actually play out later. But you got to go with, like, you know, like, I think it was easy to go with uh, the Lakers and, and um, what's his name, uh, Magic and um, what the fuck's his name? Uh, uh, who's their GM? Rob Palenka. The Lakers GM. Yeah, Rob Palenka because they signed LeBron. That was the biggest get in the summer. That was the easiest choice. And the Lakers are right now playoff bound, right? So right. I got to go in a different direction now because now that we're in, into it, at least we're a couple games, like, what? But towards the end, we're in the, I guess the second quarter, like you were saying, right? So, yeah. I think right now, um, well, Sam Presti, the yeah. GM of the OKC Thunder, uh, yeah. is currently in the lead for me, mainly because he got Paul George to stay, and now Paul George is the delivering the goods. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. So I got to give him the credit uh, at the moment uh, because of that. Uh, a lot of teams have – it's hard. It's, it's hard to make that decision because look at Denver. Like, no one expected Denver to be this good. I mean, you can give him credit, but I, no one expected that. <laughs> that was kind of one of those, like, oh, shit. Uh, right. The draft picks hurt. Isaiah Thomas, one of their biggest free agents, hurt, uh, hasn't played. Um, they really haven't done anything else. <laughs> like everything else was from last year. Everything's just start working out this year. Even though their picks, I guess, like Monte Morris and um, what Craig, Tory Craig, I think, they've been playing really well. After even Craig, yeah, yeah. Uh, for the Denver Nuggets, like off the bench for them. Um, if you're looking at like that, I, and I can't even, I didn't, I'm not gonna, lie, I'm not even sure what the name of the GM for the Denver Nuggets is <laughs> at the moment. I don't need. Um, yeah. I can give Divac credit for signing uh, Manha Belitsa. No one saw him playing as well as he's been playing. No. Uh, and the Sacramento Kings, you know. Certainly not the Sixers. Uh, I want to <laughs> But the Kings have been playing well, uh, and they drafted well. They got Bagley. Bagley's back. Um, yeah. But, you know, again, these are leftovers from last year, so it's, it's hard to right. say out with anything from this year. So I want to say uh, I'm going to give Pressy the nod right now because, you know, he, yeah. he's got Paul George. Somehow they got Paul George to stay and, it's working out. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. Not only did he get Paul George to stay, um, and I agree with you. It's definitely pressy. He got Paul George to stay. He was able to get off of Mello's contract and get something of value That's in true. return. That's and true. that That's being a, a backup point guard who they've been able to play down the stretch alongside Westbrook yeah, and exactly. then Schroeder. Yeah. Um, and that has been huge for them. And Schroeder has been really good for them, actually. Um, so that's been huge. They were able to go out and sign Nerlens Noel, who has been yep. like he doesn't give them a lot of minutes per game, but the minutes that he gives them, he's very valuable. 
He gives him about 15 minutes a game, and in those 15 minutes, he is so valuable um, defensively, can protect the paint, can guard several positions, can rebound, can block shots. Like, he's, he's been really good for them. Um, they were able to also re-sign Jeremy Grant to a reasonable contract, um, and that's mm-hmm. been huge for them because he's now their starting power forward, which I said at the beginning of the season. He should have been their starting right. power you forward. Did. It didn't take them long you to figure that, that out. Um, but no. uh, they had to struggle <laughs> through like five games of Patrick Patterson trying to play starting power forward to figure it out. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, like he's been great, like, all of the moves that they have made have been very smart. And, uh, you know, Presley's just he's, – he's really good. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take, like, a miraculous move um, from either Elton Brand or um, Daryl Morey uh, going down the stretch towards the, the trade deadline to, like, really make some kind of crazy move um, for me to even consider um, – usurping um uh, uh uh sam presti um but i i mean i just don't see it coming i mean all the moves that presti's made and and i feel like presti's still got to move up his sleeve like i said i they really need a shooter i think presti will go out and get a shooter um i think he sees that i think he's just kind of like waiting it out and and and, and you know trying to hope that he can get the best deal that he can um and obviously they they have to like you know walk the, the tightrope of the, the luxury tax because they don't want to take on any more money because they're already paying so much in the luxury tax. Um, wow. so, um, and you know what? Also, props to their fucking yeah. owner, man. Like, for basically being like, we made the mistake in the past of, you know, mm-hmm. of, you know, we, we didn't want to pay the luxury tax and we traded James Harden and that was the worst possible fucking thing we could have ever done. We're not making that mistake again. We'll pay the luxury tax. Just, you know, figure it out. Um, and, you know, that's obviously benefited them a lot as well. Um, uh, let's just go real, real quick here, Joel. Uh, most surprising team, no explanation. Just give me a team. Holy mother! Uh, most surprising team for me. Holy shit, Denver! Fucking who the fuck saw that coming? Being this good, yeah. Denver is my most surprising team. <laughs> yeah. The next. No, I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah I was gonna say Sacramento, man. Sacramento, um, like it, oh, it, Sacramento, yeah. Fucking. Adam last, so I, I'm gonna stick with the most disappointing team. Who you got? Most disappointing, New Orleans. God damn it! I had them trying to make yep. the playoffs, the eight seed. They just suck ass right now. They just they, no depth, no depth. New Orleans most disappointing. No depth. Yep, uh, and plenty of injuries too. But yeah, man, yeah, you got to. You know them or Washington? Yeah, w- one of the Washington two. two like, yeah. Yeah. New Orleans. One of those two. Because um, I, I I'll go with Washington just to be. Just to be different. All right, first first team All NBA. Spit them out. Okay, oh, here's boy. what I got. I got oh, Steph, go ahead, no, Harden, no. Paul George, uh, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. God damn it, that's mine. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> you got the same one. <laughs> same one, yeah. You bitch. <laughs> uh, God, this is this is the first time ever we've had this many agreements on this show. Um, I have well, a good point. Uh, Hey, it, it is what it is. Uh, uh, well, hey, Great no mind. fun show. Yay, that's right. Uh, no fun show. Uh, we'll see you back next week, everybody. Um, we're going to ha- obviously have this Sunday, Geek Vibes Live, 8 o'clock. Be sure to tune in. Uh, and we will see you next week on Full Court Press. But until then, peace. Peace.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.